0: Welcome to the 167 podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 65 of the 167 podcast. No, I'm not a man. This is Shannon Patterson. I just have a cold. We are so glad you guys are here today, and as usual, I am here with my good friend, Josh Harrell, our media pastor. Hello, Joshua.
1: Hey, Shannon. How's it going? Well, I just told you how it's yeah, going. Yeah. I've got the crud. Yeah.
0: Remember, I mean, I don't know, I was thinking about this the other day, because um, Mallory had the sniffles or whatnot, and mm-hmm. was just kind of, you know, and then I, I got them, and a year ago, I would have like immediately been like, oh, COVID
1: yeah and now th- I don't didn't I, even I'm think not, about it yeah did
0: you? no i didn't
1: I didn't at all uh hopped up on my timeline Sunday was when you recorded that video on a Friday mm-hmm. two years ago that that everything was shutting down,
0: wow, so
1: uh Sunday was two years ago that the shutdown started wow was or it was the announcement that Gosh. all the schools were gonna be in an extra two week yeah. long spring break,
0: yeah that is. It doesn't seem like 2 years ago. It seems like it, it seems lo- closer. It
1: seems, oh, I was going to say longer. Really? Yeah. I,
0: I don't know. Well, so you asked me how I'm doing. How are you doing because you were not with us Sunday and um, you are with us in spirit, but yeah, you were not watched, with us yep. here physically. Nope. Because you took an expensive car ride? Yeah, I took
1: yeah, I took an ambulance ride. So, to, it was
0: <laughs> to Jacksonville. To
1: Jacksonville. So, oh, Tuesday dear. Tuesday afternoon, I was um, I had Adeline at home with me because, you know, they sneeze wrong. They don't want them going to daycare. <laughs> so, I had Adeline at home with me Tuesday, and uh, I was picking her up to put her in her car seat, and I had her, like, yep. up in the air. My arms were fully extended. Uh-huh. You know, like, you already have, like, yeah. your core engaged doing yeah. that. And then I sneezed. What's
0: this core you speak of? Oh, so you had her... And she, how much does she weigh?
1: Like thirty five, forty. Right. I don't know, thirty five, forty yeah. something pounds. Yeah.
0: And you sneezed.
1: And I sneezed, and then there's just
0: like. And you had been doing workouts. Yeah. So. So you I'd had
1: started CrossFit. Kool
0: Aid, drinking the Kool Aid.
1: No. I mean, it's fun, but it's not like. I, <laughs> I'm. I'm kidding. That's a whole different thing. I'm kidding. Um, but so probably have like the ab, you know, the muscle breakdown yep. that you have from working out, you know. Mm-hmm. So arms fully extended. With Adeline in midair, and I sneeze, <laughs> and then there's this blinding pain in mm. my abdomen, Mm-mm. and then it goes away. Oh. Okay, so then I go on about my day. I actually come up to the church, and I talk to you. Yeah, I saw like, you. And-, and I even say, I was like, I think I pulled a muscle when I sneezed yep. earlier. Like, And work, work up at the church for like another two hours. Nothing's really going on. And then I get home, and I start um, like relaxing and getting... Mm-hmm. Winded down for the day, and then all of a sudden my muscles like just start oh, like no. spasming and contracting, and then and then cares like well, you're probably having appendicitis. Oh, so she, she does the nurse thing and she does like a the mo- test, the test, yeah. the mobility, slaps my foot, all that's fine. And then like 30 minutes later, you know, she brought my knee to my chest as before, but 30 minutes after that, I couldn't move my leg. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, we call. We call, um, Emily Reeves to come sit with the girls and we go to the emergency room <laughs> because you could literally, like, the left side of my stomach uh-huh. was normal and then the right side was, like, squared off. Like, you could see that, like, I, I'm not, I'm not fat, but I'm not, like,
0: You could ripped. see the abdominal like, muscle. Like,
1: you could see my ab- abdominal muscles on my right side and they yeah. were, like, spasming out. Wow, and then so go to the emergency room. Um, Did like
0: an alien pop out?
1: No, I thought it was that would have happened. Kind of, yeah. So sit there for like three hours, and then of course, you know they the the triage nurse who care knows could tell I was in like real pain. So she kind of tries to expedite the process as mm-hmm. best she can, and then I get back there, and then uh, they want to do an ultrasound because they they assume I've either pulled a muscle or I have a hernia. Mm-hmm. So they check that, and the and. Obviously, the person that's doing the ultrasound is not supposed to tell you anything uh-huh. because they're not the radiologist. Be like, is it a boy or a girl? Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually said that. <laughs> she didn't find it funny. Um, but she's like, I have no idea what this is. Oh, good. Yeah, so that was comforting. And then ten minutes in, the doctor goes and is like, "You have this huge hematoma in your abdomen, which is like bleed. So I'm I'm having like blood like pool underneath mm-hmm. my muscles." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "We don't know how bad it is." We're not equipped to fix it. Uh, we're sending you somewhere. We're going we're gonna to try to send you by helicopter or plane, depending on the weather. And then they couldn't do either of those. Okay, events. so did you
0: freak out when you heard helicopter or plane?
1: No, I was kind of excited. <laughs> I didn't want to do the ambulance because I knew how bad riding to the hospital yeah. hurt. Yeah. So I was kind of looking forward to helicopter or plane. I was thinking that'd be a little bit easier ride. Yeah, Maybe. But um, depending on the weather. <laughs> yeah. But then they weren't able to do that, so they flew me down to Jacksonville and then I drove, get down. Drove down yeah, yeah. Yeah, drove me down to Jacksonville and then I get there and then they just faced Can I
0: can I interject my part of the story right yeah. here? So I wake up about four in the morning, pretty on the regular, but and I look at my phone and I have three missed phone calls from Josh at one AM, twelve thirty, one AM and I'm like, that's not that's no bueno. So I just call him and he answers the phone and he's like, I go, Hey and he goes, Hey, buddy <laughs> I was <laughs> on morphine was like, by this point. I was like, Okay, where is he? What did is did he go out last did you go to Remerton? Are you in jail? Do I need to come get you? Um, and he's like, I'm riding in an ambulance <laughs> and I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm totally drugged up. Yeah, yeah,
0: he was. So, and then I, and Kara was somewhere coming behind you in her yeah, vehicle. Yeah. So I called her. But yeah, so that was my yeah side of the story. So I was like, well, I don't know how serious it is because he is high as a kite right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I got some really good medicine. <laughs> um, but then I get to Jacksonville, they do all the same tests. It looks like um, the body did what God designed it to do: stop the bleed. You know, and then they've just basically been treating me with um, painkillers and mm-hmm. muscle relaxers until I can get into my primary care and just wow. to see anything else.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm glad that you are okay because when you hear like internal bleeding, oh,
1: and the doctor goes, we don't know how bad it is. Yeah, right. that's that's pretty scary.
0: Yeah. Huh. so it's good to see you, and I'm glad you're back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, like, I feel like my abs are wrecked. But I'm able to move so it's I was good. gonna
0: challenge you to a sit-up contest is that how does that sound no no thank no. you I think I'd win
1: you probably would
0: <laughs> today <laughs>
1: for a while you will probably win
0: oh my goodness well so you know I mean and no no fault of yours except for your sneezing last week was the first week we've missed um, doing being able to do a podcast I know since we started it was like the in like, 2021, in January of 2021. Yeah,
1: I was really upset about
0: that, actually. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's what, it's life, so it is just fine. So there's some things that have gone on since then that a lot of people um, pr- may know about if they've been paying attention and they want to pay attention.
1: I might be hearing some of this for the first time. Well, so
0: <laughs> when episode 64, it was like, we are almost definite that General Conference is not going to meet. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time the episode dropped... Um, I think it was later that day, that Thursday. Later that day, yeah. Um,
1: you sent me the tweet.
0: Yeah. So general conference is postponed. It's postponed not until 2023, but until 2024. So the term "postpone" versus "cancel" is really important um, because technically it's a postponed 2020 <laughs> conference.
1: So what does that? Why, why does why does that matter then?
0: Um, a cancellation would mean that they would need to reelect all new delegates. And the Americans, and I would say a progressives, mm-hmm. a United Methodists in America don't want new delegates because the delegates are based on numbers. And Africa now has more um, method, United Methodists than the states do, or very close. And Africa is like across the board conservative. Yeah. And, and, um, there would be, uh, less delegates from here. Um, so yeah, so it was, it's, um, I was reading something earlier about someone saying, do not, there's one of the people that's been writing all along and they were like, do not miss the nuances of, of all these dynamics. Like there's, there's reasons that, you know, and the whole thing was, oh, it was COVID and we couldn't get visas, but There was never any attempt to get them. So it was just, I don't know. It just seems. And then one of the guys, uh, DePaulo, I think is his last name. He was on the commission for general conference. So that's the group that decides whether they're going to have it or not. Mm -hmm. And as, you know, even in September, he was like, yes, hold on people. You know, this is going to be good. We're, we're prayerfully in this process. It's, you know, we're, he resigned four days after the, um, the announcement that it was postponed because he said he has lost faith in the integrity of the process and the group.
1: Whoa, that says
0: a lot. Yeah. So, so again, it wasn't shocking that it happened, but it was just like once the official announcement comes out, it's just like disappointment, you know. Mm-hmm. So general conference isn't happening. Why is that important to us? Because general conference needed to happen in order for the protocol of reconciliation and grace to be voted upon. Which would allow churches to leave without a financial obligation, mm-hmm. and now that's off the table. And one of the other things that we don't talk, we hadn't talked about a lot, was along with that protocol, um, the Global Methodist Church, the new conservative um, denomination, mm-hmm. was going to be given twenty-five million dollars from the UMC to help launch,
1: if General Conference happened.
0: Yeah, if they had passed the protocol. That yeah. was also a part of the deal. Gotcha. So that's now no, and now churches have to pay. Um, and so that's that's where that is. And
1: they're in a window that's closing before the next general conference.
0: Correct. So yeah, that the um that paragraph twenty five fifty three that allows people to um pursue disaffiliation um is closing. Mm. Yeah. And then there's another paragraph that's been around. Um, it's twenty five forty eight point two. If <laughs> I don't know why, then. but um, it's called the Comedy Agreement. It's not comedy like ha ha ha, but C O M I T Y. Oh, and um, it uh, it would allow a church to disaffiliate, but it also would entail um, like uh, negotiation uh, with your property and your assets and those things. So that's a very expensive route to go. Yeah um but some some people and like the the uh, Wesleyan Covenant Association out of Florida mm-hmm. is is really they they are really asking they've come together and they're they're asking their bishop to um to very seriously consider allowing that paragraph to be used but not with the financial portion mm. uh, so that churches wouldn't just be obliterated financially you know well, to pay.
1: Why would that pair why would the change in the paragraph usage matter?
0: A 2548.2 says nothing about human sexuality. Mm. 2553 does. Yeah. Um and that's the one in which um our friends Park Avenue just last week um had the vote mm-hmm. uh, to disaffiliate and that went like 96% um yes. Oh wow. That was Josh popping his knuckles. Away. I didn't even think about that. Full full audio here. Yeah, sorry. Um, and um, and wow. that's the paragraph in which we are pursuing, even though we requested to not have that language in there, but it's, it's the paragraph, so you have to use it. Mm. So the big thing we have to keep telling our people is that um, we're talking about the larger theological issues, not um, some of the smaller issues, or I would say symptoms. Mm-hmm of the larger progressive theological viewpoint that is, um, you know, driven a wedge in the United Methodism. Yeah. Um,
1: it is funny that a symptom is
0: mentioned well, by name, but, but not a root. Well, but isn't that the way we all are? I mean, about everything. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's the symptom that gets our attention or gets us to look at it or whatever. And that's, you know, that's what the media jumps on and, and all that stuff. So, yeah. um, Anything else you want to throw in before we jump into today's main topic?
1: Nah, I think um I'm, I'm excited about the series that we have going on. I know you want to touch on that too, but I know we have a lot of disaffiliation stuff that we gotta go through to kind of keep people up to date and stuff like that. I think I think this podcast is doing a great job keeping everybody up to date on the process that the porch is going through. And other churches have said that it's kinda of helped help them see what maybe they need to do for yeah. their process? Well,
0: I hope that it's helpful. I know for some people they're like, "Let's get back to just doing other stuff," but this is where we are right now in the life of our church. So it's and it's important. Mm-hmm. This is an important moment um, for many reasons. You know, one of the things I I mentioned Sunday in in my message, um, and I found it to be very interesting. Um, and I, and I say it with like almost full complete confidence but i haven't actually seen the data so i can't be like 1000 percent this is right but um my understanding is that of the churches that have disaffiliated Mm -hmm. in just in 2021 54 churches in the united states all different sizes they've all reported growth really yeah and and now, I don't know if that's, I, I, I'm i sure probably numerical, but I would, you know, they all said they've experienced growth, spiritual growth, baptisms, professions of faith, um, new members, all that kind of stuff. Well,
1: I, I bet you there is a rejuvenation mm-hmm. when you can finally lay all that bureaucratic mess to bed.
0: Yeah, until you just pick up more, but yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But no, in this regard, yes, mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying.
1: Because, I mean, yeah, we are... In ministry, but there is a point where we have to take care of our ministry, and this is at the point where we're having to cult, we're having to tend to the fields per se, mm-hmm. like we're having to get some weeds out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it was it was goodness probably a month ago now or so, and I'd made the made the comment to someone about um, that I think that all that's been going on in the UMC and um, the symptoms that we see mm-hmm. and and all of that together i think it's hurt our witness i think it's hurt the witness of christ oh yeah um and and i and i can't remember who i was talking to but they were like you're kidding like it was almost like they were um shocked that i would say that and and i was like no i i fully believe that that hurts our witness oh 100%. Um, and so when i talk about when I mentioned those 50, 54 churches that have disaffiliated in the last year, um, to me that was like um, proof of yes, there was a there was some sort of disconnect there. Uh-huh. Um, I had so we've been doing these Q and As like short little Q and As on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, the last two weeks we have our final one uh, this Sunday after the eleven o'clock service. I will be in classroom one. Um, but so when I was meeting this past Sunday with a group, uh, I meant, I said, I don't know how many of you have heard this from people. I said, but, but then I shared my own experience about how. Um, so I grew up Catholic. I shared that with y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, became a believer. I went to a Baptist church. Moved to Valdosta. Went to a couple of different Baptist churches. Ended up at Anandanaam, Um, And then I got asked to um, come on staff at Valdosta First as part-time. I was still coaching tennis, all that. And when I was telling people that I was kind of my, my little career change thing, right. that I was coming on staff at a Methodist church, I heard like a lot of people were like, oh, you, you're you going to a Methodist church? like?" And then I had people go, oh, well, that's going to be your mission field. That's going to be your mission field. You can go in there and tell all those Methodists about Jesus. And I hate, and I kind of have to confess that I think that was my mentality a little bit. But then I realized there's some God-loving, scriptural, high Scripture, you know, people in the church, and you'll find those in in a lot of churches. Then I don't care the denomination. But that was the response that I got from people when I said I was gonna be going to a Methodist church. Same. Okay, so when I asked that question to the group Sunday. I said, I don't know how many of you, if we, like, if you mention that you go to a Methodist church, um, or that you grew up in one, whatever, and everyone in the room was nodding their head yes, like yes, they have they have received like, kind of like, oh, you go to a Methodist church, and that's and here's the thing about that, there there's a stigma attached, and we can't detach ourselves from it.
1: No, we no, can we nope. can disaffiliate from yep, it.
0: <laughs> and that's why we're pursuing this. So, um, yeah, I want to share this quote from John Wesley. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Josh. Now, this, is, this <laughs> has
1: been the most I've been awake in five or six days. Yeah, so welcome, so, sorry. welcome to the show.
0: Glad you're here. So, this is what John Wesley wrote in um, his thoughts upon Methodism, actually. It's a very well known quote if you run in the Methodist circles, but he says this I am not afraid that the people called Methodists should ever cease to exist in either Europe or America, but I am afraid lest they should only exist as a dead sect, having the form of religion without the power. And this undoubtedly will be the case unless they hold fast to both the doctrine. Spirit, and discipline, with which they first set out.
1: Dun dun dun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that should be like the yeah. the disaffiliation, like
0: on like, the flag. Why are you disaffiliating? This is what John Wesley said. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so the the doctrine and the discipline and even the spirit, I'd say, in some ways, is not the doctrine's not being upheld. The discipline um, for the people that are not upholding doctrine is not being carried out. And I would say the spirit in which a lot of things are done are much more political than they are, um, you know, biblical or yeah. Jesus-focused mm-hmm. or gospel-focused. So um, I just thought that was a very timely quote to, to add there. So Very much so. So here's what we did. Um, of course, I've been talking with a lot of ministry colleagues, some who, like our friend Jimmy at Park Ave., have already you know there's several steps ahead of us right um in the process and others who are contemplating um even in other places and um one of the things i noticed there's a ginormous church in Tulsa um Tulsa Oklahoma by the way <sighs> i always got to throw out Oklahoma yeah. every time um i was and, thinking it was like Tulsa Florida yeah huh? yeah that other Tulsa <laughs> um but now, now it makes me think of the the Friends episode when Chandler gets um, uh, <laughs> yeah. like sent to Tulsa and they're all like, "Where is the, what is that?" And they're like, <laughs> they make fun of Tulsa so bad, yeah, kind of kind of offensive, but you know whatever. <laughs> not really, not really. Okay, so I guess if you're in, yeah, from Tulsa, yeah. So one of the things I noticed, um, uh, what Asbury Methodist in Tulsa did, and even our friends at Park Avenue have done, is they posted some some answers to some questions that I know I've answered in person, I've answered in emails, we've covered some in this context or in Mm -hmm. meetings. And so they're just some FAQs, some frequently asked questions that we thought would be good to go over. As we are approaching, um, because this will go out on Thursday, Mm -hmm. so next Wednesday, March 23rd, yeah, March 23rd at 6pm, all ministry partners are invited to um, come join us in the auditorium for the vote on whether or not we will disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church. And so we thought we would go over these um, FAQs. We're also going to provide them on um, to our community groups and yep. then um, on our website. Yep. So they'll be there, and we'll post and make sure people get access to this as well. But yep. we thought we'd walk through them together. So um, I'll tell you what. We've got red and black ink here, Josh. You're in charge of the red ink, and I'll be in charge of the black ink. Fair enough. Okay, but but listeners, he is on medication, so we'll see how his reading goes.
1: <laughs> That's a fair one.
0: <laughs>
1: why has TPCC decided to pursue disaffiliation from the United Methodist Church?
0: Please see the quote from John Wesley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: I mean, we've. Th- this has been the first 20 minutes of the podcast. Yeah, is right, why.
0: Right. Yeah. So. Um, at at many places, many times, you've you've heard me say the there is a theological divide, or an ever widening theological divide. It's to the point now where I would say, it's irreconcilable, meaning it's n- it's not coming back together. You're not going to be able to sew up this wound. Um, it, the the divide is there. It's not coming back together, and um. And so we just see this this denomination that's increasingly um, allowing uh, bishops to uh, not follow the authority of Scripture, to deny the divinity and resurrection of Christ, um, and and other just key tenets of the faith. And so because of these theological disagreements within United Methodism, and we are connected in United Methodism, so we can't disconnect ourselves from what a bishop in... um, the northwest of the United States is doing. Um, it it would be easy to go. Well, that's not happening here in Valdosta. That's not happening here in South Georgia. Um, yes, but we're connected, and we have. If we have United Methodism as as our name in our name as our connection, mm-hmm. then yeah, we're a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, that's one of them. Um, I think because of all of this, I mean, as the United Methodist Church, we say that. Um, The mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And I just don't think that that um, mission statement has been even possible to achieve in any great way as a denomination, Um, because it's been more focused on, you know, revising historic Christian teachings and just pursuing headlong into social justice issues without the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, yeah. not saying that social justice isn't something to pursue or consider or look at, you know, for the sake of the marginalized and, and those without a voice. But to do it without the gospel is where that that's where it gets into. You're just an organization. You're not yeah. a, a religion. Um, well, I
1: mean, I would argue there is no social justice without the gospel.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's very true. I agree with that I mean, 100%. Um, and, and, and along with that— um, I would say that there has been a – there's from the leadership they have departed from, and I've seen this over and over again, just that the gospel message that starts with not Jesus loves you, the end. It starts with we're all sinners in need of the grace of -hmm. Jesus Christ in our life. Mm Mm-hmm. And he has come to make a way, and that's that. That part of we need a savior; we are sinners, um, has been kind of left out. So, and this divisive, it just it's just getting stronger. Um, obviously, the general conference, which is our decision-making group, have not been able to deal with this or address it. They don't. They don't want to address it.
1: Well, they, they just keep
0: kicking the can.
1: They've been uh, derelict of their duties.
0: Yep. I think that's a good point. And I and just the longer we wait, the more we're inviting this denominational division to harm the witness for Christ in our world, but I would say in our local context, in our church, and our ability in our community to to mm-hmm. share Christ. So yeah. that's the three bullet points of why we are pursuing disaffiliation from the United Methodist Church.
1: And then, so why are we pursuing it right now? Like, yeah. We've, we've ramped this up really quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you make a good point. It's It might sound really quickly to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's been an ever-building situation mm-hmm. that, of course, us on the staff, we keep have been aware of it. Um, our years. ministry board has been aware of it and we would talk yeah. about it in our meetings um, but as we saw the likelihood that general conference was not going to happen and therefore the protocol couldn't pass mm-hmm. as we saw that just very much looking like this isn't going to happen and knowing that that window to close to depart a denomination that's not willing to fix itself yeah, um, it was fast approaching mm-hmm. and so we said all right this, you know, let's, we're going to bring this to the congregation and let them, let them vote on this. So we, we just can't wait on a general conference. Um, and unless a church takes the steps that as we have, so we, our ministry board um, unanimously said we want to bring this to the congregation. Uh, we let our district superintendent know. We let the conference know. Uh, then we brought more voices into the conversation. So now there's about a group of 30 of us, mm-hmm. made up of the ministry board, staff, community group leaders, and serve team leaders. So it's people who are very involved in the, you know, ongoings of the church. Uh, we brought them together and we've been meeting. So unless a, a church takes the steps like we have, it's not going to be able to leave until. A general conference finally happens, and then hopefully, maybe possibly a protocol passes, but there's no guarantee on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because we know that nothing's going to happen until 2024, we felt that being proactive was our best response at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the other reason is a financial reason um, the cost for us to disaffiliate will never be lower. For the Porch Community Church than it is right now. Right. Or or when we finally do everything in June.
1: In our special circumstance.
0: Right. So we just believe that disaffiliation is the best strategic step for us. Yeah. So those are the two main reasons of, like, why we're doing it now.
1: And then this next question would be one for a lifelong Methodist who has this thought. (laughs) And then this question would make... Be a
0: what? Be a what for (laughs) someone
1: who's not will we be able to retain our building and property <laughs>
0: yeah well that's the whole that's the whole thing i mean i think i said this i don't remember if it was episode 63 or 64 but i said i don't think the united methodist church would even be a denomination anymore um the way it is right now if there weren't a trust clause because the trust clause is what has kept churches in um so yes we pay the mortgage on the the building here mm-hmm. Uh, we have a checking account. We pay all the bills, everything. But in the state, uh, in, in the United Methodist Church, every church is held under a trust clause, meaning that the, the annual conference of that United Methodist, so the South Georgia Annual Conference actually has um, claim on our property and assets right now. Mm-hmm. So going through this disaffiliation releases us from the trust clause. That's really what's happening when we disaffiliate. Mm-hmm. Is the trust clause is no no longer in effect, right? Um, and so once we go through that process, then everything would be, okay. Yeah, we continue paying the mortgage, but now it's it's ours. And you know any improvements we did on the building, you know, they, it's all an investment and those kinds of things. Right, right, right. So yes, we will retain our building and properties. So. <clears throat>
1: will our pastor be impacted by this disaffiliation
0: who's your pastor
1: what
0: Uh, um, no she's pretty cool (laughs) um yeah so in this process what i will do um, i will serve as a pastor at the united methodist church until the disaffiliation is complete um, which should be june 30th at the latest um and then upon completion of the disaffiliation um, I will seek uh, credentials either through another licensing organization um, or eventually through a new denomination, um, which will get to those conversations down the road. Um, I know that some people have asked about your pension and that stuff. It doesn't neg- negatively impact my pension. I'm able to keep it. Um, everything I've saved and accrued and all that—I know you guys don't really are like—we don't care about your pension. That's not um, true. But well, I mean, people it's, do. But care. it's secure regardless of our disaffiliation yeah. or not. So, um, I'm not losing uh, all that I've invested in the last. Yeah. Well, I've been i I've been a, a a licensed minister since 2006. So, is that
1: when you started getting?
0: No, actually, um, I started paying in the pension program in like 2000. Okay. As a full time employee, this is a downtown. completely side. Yeah.
1: No how are how are you able to get in? Like, did you get to a certain level as a pastor to be able to get like the pension and stuff from the UMC? No, now that's just once me, I curious. started,
0: once I was licensed, and it like kind of changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. There's a code, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So and then.
0: Speaking of leadership, we continue on. Will the
1: leadership change at TPCC upon disaffiliation?
0: Yeah, we're going to get a new media pastor. And, um, well, that's
1: (laughs) why would you want to do that?
0: I am so kidding. Um, so our disaffiliation, (laughs) I just made him like twitch a little bit. No, um, there'll be no leadership changes or governance changes in the short term at all, especially no leadership changes uh, the governance stuff I was talking about. Um, so I'll continue on. Our staff will continue on. Our ministry board will remain in place. Um, we have a current, a governance structure. Um, and it is, it's formed in such a way where it's, it's very much like how I think the, the government, the U S government should be run (laughs) in that there's checks and balances and things. So ministry partners have, a. um, a voice in, um, certain matters. And most especially in regard to, um, each year they get to vote on who will be on the ministry board and, uh, who will be on a nominating team. Yeah. And that nominating team are the ones that nominate people to be on the ministry board. Yeah. So, so you've got ministry partners that are involved. You know, they they have to approve those nominations and then you have, um, the nominating team. You want to have good people in there. They have to be approved and then um, those who serve on the board. So we have a structure right now. Um, And then, of course, you have myself in the lead pastor role, and then we have the staff. And Mm -hmm. so there's that um, structure of, you know, you guys report to me and I lead you guys, and then we work together and we report to the board and all that. So there is a series of checks and balances, um, accountability uh, between all the parties. And so that will be... Uh, in place, um, yeah, for sure.
1: So, okay, so now that we know that we'll keep property, you'll still be our pastor, the leadership will stay the same. Sh- the same.
0: Yeah, no, not shame. No
1: shame. <laughs> what does the process of disaffiliation look like?
0: Okay, so like the steps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the thing to think about— um,
1: and i I don't think we need to go into steps that we've already done. I think yeah. we just need to talk about steps that are coming up.
0: I think this is the kind of the bigger the the bigger thing to know is that disaffiliation from the United Methodist Church is really two things. one, it's a legal process, mm-hmm. the trust clause, yeah, all that. but it's also an ecclesiastical process in that that we're a church mm-hmm. right
1: mm-hmm.
0: so legally. The Porch Community Church, we're already incorporated. We're we're an incorporated church when we started in twenty nineteen. And so as far as the state of Georgia would look at us as a as a church group.
1: As an entity, yeah.
0: We are we're on our we are just us. Mm-hmm. Now, but the state of Georgia also they uphold trust clause. So they they're like, Yeah, all you people, you can be the porch. And then you can go meet in a school gym or something because this property belongs to the South Georgia Conference of the, of the United Methodist Church.
1: So right now, the way the state of Georgia sees it is we're the porch community church meeting in the South.
0: Yeah. We're yeah, are yeah.
1: meeting in a UMC building and using UMC yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, the, they would look like that with every church. Exactly. It's like, that This is this group of people meeting in our in our place. Yeah. So so there's a legal process and an ecclesiastical process. Um so as we go through all this, you know, we will, um, we'll need to look at our bylaws and our statement of faith and make sure that they're in line. We need to remove any United Methodist language, which actually we don't have any in our um, in our bylaws and statement of faith. So, but we're just going to go over it and make sure that we're good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure everything's good for our legal standing, and then in, in regard to the ecclesiastical process. Um, we're working through that with the South Georgia Conference, which is really just um, will be released from the the denomination, and then um, I would no longer be a licensed minister in the United Methodist Church. Right. So that's the big process as far as that goes. Um, did you want to go a little bit more into like what Wednesday night we'll look at? Well, let's. Do we want to do that when we get to the end?
1: Yeah, we'll we'll okay. do that when we get we'll to talk. the end. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you did you did talk about your credentials, and I think that goes back to the one about how it affects you as a pastor. Mm-hmm. So you have to turn in your credentials, yeah, as a UMC pastor. So how does that look on the other? How does your credentials look on the other side of this? What what does uh what does the lead pastor of the Porch Community Church look like after disaffiliation? Mm-hmm. Specifically, you.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, I will um receive licensing from uh, a reputable uh Christian organization. So it won't be um, just
1: like online, like people like Elvis getting <laughs> his marriage
0: license, right? Is that how he did that? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's several groups That's what out there. Lincoln said there online. there's several groups, um, organizations out there that are um that I've been just kind of doing a cursory look at that will um yeah, you know, we can kind of align with and and honor the work that and you and they're put Wesleyan, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that won't be um, that will be no problem. Okay, so, cool.
1: Yeah. Well, then, so how much will it cost us to leave?
0: Oh, that's the that's the big question. So you know, initially, for any of you who did the survey we sent out, um, we went really high in our number mm-hmm. because we just didn't know. It was anywhere from I think we put ninety to one hundred ninety thousand dollars. We yeah. just weren't sure. Um, So there is a formula for determining what each church um, has to pay Mm -hmm. every year in our fees, our apportionments. Mm -hmm. And that number will not be available until April 1st because it has to do with um, pension liabilities. And those those numbers get done quarterly. And so uh, we won't know until April 1st.
1: So so. we'll vote before we actually know the final cost.
0: But we... Have a pretty good idea that it should be somewhere between ninety and a hundred thousand dollars.
1: And it's not. It, it's funny. It's not anything with the UMC causing it to fluctuate. It's it's the market. It's the market. Yeah. It's it's the pension plan that is yeah. actually going to cause it to be more or less depending on Correct. how the market cause is. Correct.
0: Because we that know day. the disaffiliation costs, but this, or excuse me, we know the apportionment.
1: Yeah, we know the amount. We know the. It's the structured side of it.
0: It's the pension liabilities yes. part. We don't have that number yet. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we know that, we'll make sure and let everybody know. Yeah. So um, it's,
1: it's not like someone is just withholding information and, and right. not giving it to yeah, us. We're it's, not going
0: to tell you cause yeah. And I will say that our, um, we have a, fi- a fantastic financial team. Um, the people that serve specifically in those roles here at the porch and, um, they both feel very, very confident in. Well, we have we have the money and savings to be able to pay this amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also would, you know, I, I haven't really talked about this a lot yet. But um, one of the things I've been, I was just thinking about this this morning at like five <laughs> when I was couldn't sleep. Um, but is is I, I'm thinking about asking our people to to consider. I don't know if we want to do like a. Special giving for it, but I don't know i I'm still kind of working through that if that's something we want to ask our people to maybe maybe um you know go over and above you know on mm-hmm. your giving in you know the month of June or something like that um yeah. just to you know be a part of this so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because as as wonderful it is as it is to say we've got money and savings to do it um that's also money in savings for what are other you know, future needs that we're mm-hmm. going to have. So, yeah. but all in all, it's a huge investment, mm-hmm. um, in, in where we are, our campus, our facilities. Um, so it's, it's a it, good deal. It's a win for us. Yeah. So
1: when will the separation be official?
0: Well, okay. So like I put,
1: we posted on Facebook, is that done?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Once it's Facebook official, it's, it's yeah. a done deal. Okay. So, we will have our congregational vote on Wednesday, March 23rd at 6 p.m. And we will count the ballots that night. So um, I found this interesting, Josh. So I was talking to my friends at Park Avenue, and they had 600 and—oh, no, they had more than that. Like 700-something people yeah, show up, I
1: think. Yeah, there was 600—there was a lot.
0: Yeah, they had a bunch.
1: Like 670 yeses or something. Yes. And then—
0: so with that, um, before the 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 voting started, um, Jimmy you know, opened in prayer, and, and he said, you know, you are welcome to vote, and then if you need to go ahead and go home, you can, and we will share the results, you know, later. And um, I was talking to um, someone who was there and stayed, and they said by the time everyone voted, there was only about 75 people left that were there to hear the results. I was like, oh, so, so that's one thing we'll tell our people is, hey, you don't have to stick around after your vote, but if you want to, you can.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll let you know.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll let you know. Um, so we will vote, and if the vote is in favor, um, then I w- we will. Well, regardless of the vote um, result, we will. I will sign a sheet saying I I saw the voting. I, was all, I, I will be there during the ballot counting. Paula will sign the, the sheet, our district superintendent. And then that will go to the conference. So let's say it's a yes vote. We do want to disaffiliate. It'll go to the conference. The trustees will start to work on all the details of um, what we need to pay and, and all that. Make sure we're all up to date on our apportionments. And then in, in June, I think around June 5th or 6th at our annual conference, all the churches that have voted to disaffiliate, so us, Park Ave, any other churches, um, we will be presented, usually it's just one large group or group of churches, like these churches have voted to disaffiliate. And um, then the conference, from the conference floor, that will be approved or not. Mm -hmm. To date, historically, they've never denied a church to be able to go once they've got to that process, Mm -hmm. to that point in the process. So. If we get a yes vote on Wednesday the 23rd, and we get a yes vote in June, and then we pay our (laughs) disaffiliation cost, then it's done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it would be probably, I don't know, July 1st, we're looking at saying we're free and clear. Okay. If all's well.
1: So, um, now that we know what...
0: When the separation will happen?
1: Yep. So, what changes... Can we see after the disaffiliation?
0: Okay. Um. Yeah, because that's a question that, you know, we don't have United Methodists in our name. Nope. So we don't have to do a, a legal name change and, nope. and incorporate as a new entity. So we will continue to be the Porch Community Church. Um, that is our name. That's who we've been. Uh, we will... Remain focused on our mission, which is following Jesus for our community, and hopefully we will be able to do that even better. Um,
1: Speaking of names, I was talking to someone that said, our name is only one word, not United Methodist Church. And they're like, what would we be called? Blank church. And it, and it would sound really weird. Yeah. So they're like, they've they've gotten together a committee just to even think start thinking of a
0: new name. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm pretty sure Park Avenue is going to just be Park Avenue Church.
1: Well, yeah. they have, But they have a couple more words. Oh, yeah. So that
0: they're having to drop. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, if, if you're, like, one of the... It's not first in town. But, like, if you're, yeah. like, a first or oh, a yeah. second...
0: Yeah, what would you do if you're... Yeah. I mean, first church? But yeah. Is that First Baptist? Is it First one. Exactly. So but you it, could just be First Methodist. Yeah. But so, just leave it there.
1: Yeah, so they're... Yeah, it, it 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 was a friend. That I'm works sure that's at another... what it was originally. Yeah. First Methodist, yeah, yeah.
0: But sorry, I cut you off. What no, no, it?
1: it it's not the one in Valdosta, so I, I don't want people to think that. But yeah, it is a it is a First United Methodist somewhere. Yeah, and they're like, well, what do we do? <laughs> we only have one word,
0: First Church. Just be First Church. Yeah. So we will continue to be the porch. We'll keep following Jesus for our community. I said this. I'll continue to say this. Um, we will not change who we are our dna is is who we are how we do worship um our emphasis on community groups we continue to see the just the vital just importance of our community groups um how we do outreach um our leadership structure you know all that how we're governed bottom line the porch will continue to be the porch mm-hmm. and that's we're not yes mm-hmm. yeah and unless there's places to improve and then we'll do that yep so
1: so, from from immediate standpoint, we will lose a connection of church networks that we do
0: have right now. Um, to an extent, honestly, depending, I don't. All right, from from my perspective, from my mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. as clergy, um, everything that I have gained or that I seek out, um, that has been beneficial or helpful um to me in ministry is through my personal connection and relationship with other clergy and I do not see that changing whatsoever whether yep. they stay UMC whether they immediately jump into global methodist church whether they go independent um we have connections and I would say even I have stronger connections with people because we've walked through this process mm. Um, or even contemplated together, like what are we doing? And some are going to make different decisions, um, and so in that regard, no, um, I don't think that we will lose that. Whatever, um, and, and yeah, I mean, we just we don't have like United Methodist women or United Methodist men. Um, we don't have those groups. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't see those as necessary. Uh, we thought, how about let's be Christian people and let's let's not make it a side group within the congregation you know mm-hmm. so there's really no aspects of our church that have to that are going to lose anything now i will say maybe some of the larger older churches will have some kind of refiguring they'll need to do yeah so okay yeah um was that what you were meaning by that that connection and stuff yeah 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 um so, yeah, we'll just keep me in the porch that's mm-hmm. That's what we'll do, so yeah
1: so what is so before what we did for a lot of our um what hint what are we going to do for community outreach? <laughs> I was going to ask a different I was going to ask it in a different way, but I couldn't figure out a different way that wasn't <laughs> yeah, condemning on a system
0: mm yeah, gotcha, so we are um I think that's we will have full autonomy um. As once we disaffiliate from the UMC in regard to who we choose to support and sponsor uh, with our missional dollars, with our time, with the resources we have. Um, currently, you, you talk about the connection, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, the South Georgia Annual Conference um, has groups that they support and each local congregation is required to pay a certain amount based on our attendance and worship and you know how many ministry partners we have all that and we're told you're going to pay this amount of money and it's going to go to this organization and some of these organizations are not in line with us I would say theologically right. or missionally and yet we have to support them and so we don't have a choice upon disaffiliation right upon disaffiliation we will have full autonomy in determining who we want to Where we want our missional dollars to go. Correct. Um, So we intend to maintain all our current um, relationships that we have as Just the Porch have established with local organizations. And we'll start from there and then, you know, go out and and see what new missional opportunities are are there for us. Ooh, fun. Yeah.
1: So... We talk about disaffiliating from a denomination. Uh Are we going to disaffiliate and then instantly join a new Mm, denomination?
0: Yeah, Yeah. good question. So um, the short answer is that we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We don't know yet when or if we're going to affiliate with another denomination. Uh, The porch, like I was just saying, we've always been connected with other like-minded churches and clergy, Mm-hmm. Um, just out of relationship, and if we do maybe ministry similarly or whatever, um, and like I said, it's only increased during this time. But we intend to always remain closely connected with other like-minded churches and clergy, whether it's any in any official way at all. You know, we plan on doing this. Um, recently, obviously, our main focus has been on preparing for the vote to disaffiliate and what needs to happen for that. And our attention will, upon, you know, after Wednesday, honestly, uh, our attention, it already has, Mm -hmm. but it will fully switch over to then starting to discern what is the best place and the best time for us to either associate with an organization Mm -hmm. or affiliate with a denomination Mm -hmm. and uh, figure those things out. One of the things I did um, last week, week before is I, um, from that 30 person, um, leadership group that's been talking about disaffiliation. Um, I took a, probably 80% of that group. Um, not, not staff and, and a few other people who are just so very involved in other areas. I just didn't ask him to. And then I added in a few more other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I formed two separate exploratory groups and, um, one group has been tasked with meeting uh, between now and May, uh, like the 10th of May, to look at the pros and cons of what it would look like to align with the global Methodist church, the new denomination that's forming. Mm-hmm. And then the other group, the other exploratory group, has been tasked with going over the pros and cons of being an independent non uh, non-denominational church. I mean, we would be Wesleyan in our doctrine. Mm-hmm. So, um, but to be independent, but in a, some kind of an association, um, you know, some kind of Wesleyan kind of association or group. Yeah. Um, and so those two exploratory groups are meeting. I'm going to be going to the meetings and I'm just going to be a fly on the wall. I want to listen. I want to hear, I'll be there to answer any like technical questions, but um, I look forward to to being part of the hearing the conversations. So that's kind of where we've started. Mm. Um, what we're going to do is um, in May they're going both groups are going to present to the ministry board uh, what they found and and they they'll make a recommendation. But there's no um, immediate like th- that the board has to immediately receive the recommendation and vote upon it. Right. We'll just they'll be able to make a recommendation. They could meet and say, Hey, we want to meet again for another month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're we're gonna be a United Methodist congregation until we hand the check over. Right. Um, so at least by the end of June. So we have we have a little bit of time there to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, um, I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but the Global Methodist Church, which was just kind of a a group that was waiting to launch.
1: They're not waiting no more.
0: Right. As soon as they found out that general conference wasn't happening, they put out word. And so May 1st, this year, 2022, they are officially launching as a denomination. Um, And so that obviously gives us an option to look at, which is one of our exploratory groups is looking Mm -hmm. at. Um, But we really do feel like we want to finalize the disaffiliation process and spend some time in discernment and prayer, figuring out where we'll go from there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and even trying to figure out how do we best make the determination. We'll probably do another survey, um, but we'll be talking about that as a board, um, how we want to go through that process.
1: And I'm sure we'll have at least one representative from each group on this podcast to kind of explain some of the stuff too.
0: Sure. That's what Josh, that's what Josh's way of saying we're going to have people on here that do that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so currently it appears that we'll have a at least a season of being independent while we figure out what we're doing um so but like I said we're gonna continue to be a church with traditions and roots in in the Wesleyan faith, regardless of whether we affiliate with a denomination or an association um, and we will just we'll be working on that and going forward with that so
1: so then. How will we? How will the church be financed under this, uh, like, time period of independence, or even after when we're in whatever whatever we do establish? We are as permanently sure. Sure. What what does our financing look like that? Mm-hmm. Like with that.
0: So um, as the porch, we will continue to be financed by the faithful, generous contributions of our ministry partners. Um, that is what comprises our budget and what we work from, and what we um, uh, use to do ministry, to pay staff, to pay bills, to pay all those things. So um, as long as our ministry partners remain faithful um, and generous in their contributions, then we will be just fine. And once, uh, again, I mentioned this, but once disaffiliation is complete, any of those apportionment funds that we would used to have to send to the conference, we can now... um, you know, refocus them on, on other things, you know, mm-hmm. local ministry and things like that. So,
1: yeah. Um. So you said we're staying the same as the porch community mm-hmm. church incorporated. Yep. So I wouldn't need to change my member, my partnership, would I?
0: Nope. No, you wouldn't. So you would, you wouldn't have to take any uh, action as a ministry partner. Um. It'll just kind of be, I mean, here's the thing. And you know, we're going to vote on, on March 23rd, Mm-hmm. and March 24th we're going to be the same church Yep. Uh, we're going to complete the the whole process with the conference at least by June 30th so then let's just say that July 1st we're still the same group of people mm-hmm. so yeah there's no need to we won't have people like re-partner with us or anything like that but um,
1: but if you haven't partnered with us and you want to,
0: you should. Yeah, you certainly should. You have to wait till after the vote now. We've closed kind of that window we you know, for people to partner oh, really? in ministry. Yeah. So okay. um just because we didn't wanna we've I, already, have,
1: I have an accident and so many things have happened.
0: <laughs> um so but we um uh, I mean not officially, but oh, yeah, yeah. we've already had to turn in our uh yeah. our roles, the partnership roles to the And it's district. six days. Yeah. So. so um but yeah, if you're currently a ministry partner that partnership will continue unless, I mean, I like how you say if you want a partner, but if, unless you express a request to no longer be a partner, yep. then um, that will remain the same for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you're not opted in.
0: No. Yeah. Or no. Yeah. You have, yeah. You don't have to opt in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You have to cl- click a little button. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: so during this time as a ministry partner, what, uh-huh. what, what, what should I be doing?
0: you should be praying if you're not already Mm -hmm. i'm sure you already are i am (laughs) but yes please pray and i i mentioned this sunday um i've had i've received so much encouragement our nurture team has been really great Mm -hmm. i've received a couple of notes and cards and texts just saying um that they're praying for me they're praying for us as a staff um during this time and i'm and and other people too and so i just really really appreciate it i was telling someone this morning that the prayers are felt so Mm -hmm. be praying be praying for the process be praying for everybody you know i don't envy um our bishop who's first of all trying to oversee two conferences no because he's over alabama west florida and the south georgia conference i don't envy our district superintendent paula having to um, go through these things this cannot be easy whatsoever um so pray for everybody um pray for the south georgia conference what are they going to do what's it going to look like um it's going to be different um, but hopefully prayerfully uh, we're all going in the way we feel the lord's leading us Mm -hmm. and i love what our bishop has said he said that um he would love it if everyone could stay together and we could work this out, but he's going to do everything he can to help churches go where they feel like they need to be. Yeah. And so um, be praying for everybody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to, um, if you have questions that just, we have not answered um, you can reach out to me, Shannon at the um, Any of our ministry me- ministry board members, our staff, um, we will do our best to answer. Uh, I've been saying we will do our best to answer your questions. And if we don't know the answer, we will find it and then we will get back with you. So, um, so yeah, but all this that we, um, just went over, you can go to the porch and just there on the, on the opening page, the landing page, uh, you'll see, uh, disaffiliation news and yep. you can click on that and you can read everything that we just talked about. So Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Um, Now, here's the deal. Let's talk specific about Wednesday, March 23rd. Okay. The night of the vote. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. So, um, I think this is really important to note, and I'll probably bring it up again. Um, Here's what the ballot will say. It's the ballot that our friends at Park Avenue just voted on. It's a ballot that other churches have voted on. And it's one sentence with a yes or no place to mark and the, the question on the ballot is shall the Porch Community Church Incorporated disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church for reasons of conscience over disagreements related to human sexuality or the actions or inactions of its annual conference related to these issues and then there's a line to mark yes or mark no. Now, what you'll notice about the ballot, by the way, that was not prepared by us. That is prepared by the conference. Yep. Um, it does not mention the bigger issues of the theological divide. It does not mention how uh, there are people that are bishops and pastors who are basically going against the gospel, who are denying the deity of Christ, who are, you know, just, it just seems to me they're not following the book of discipline at all. And they're not being disciplined. So when you read those words, the inactions of the annual conference, one of my thoughts is, you know, our bishops, they all sit on a council and they're supposed to kind of hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And and the bishops haven't been doing that. They haven't been yeah. holding other bishops accountable. So um, it does not mention the bigger issue. So, um, you know, when Jimmy was here and did that uh, presentation, one of the things I appreciated was the image of the iceberg mm-hmm. and the fact that there's just that one part you see sticking up out of the water, which looks huge to you if you're sitting on a boat. But if you're actually looking Titanic. underneath, it's so much larger. Mm-hmm. I mean, 10, 20, 100 times larger oh, yeah. than what you see sticking out of the water. And to me, the issue of human sexuality is just that tip top of the iceberg and the, the theological divide that has happened, the issues that are not being addressed um, in the media, is really what the yeah. issue is. And and we actually requested to remove the human sexuality part from the ballot, but you know went to the conference chancellor, the conference attorney, and they said they can't remove it because that's the paragraph. It's in that the paragraph
1: of the book of discipline.
0: Right. So what we want to let people know is this. Um, in, in regard to this question, shall the porch disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church for reasons of conscience over disagreements related to human sexuality or the actions or inactions of its annual conference related to these issues? Um, a vote to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church on a larger because of the larger theological issues is appropriate by voting yes on the ballot. So if you're not okay, with the larger theological issues that have brought about some of these symptoms mm-hmm. like the issue this is of, this is a symptom right which has brought about one of the symptoms in this regard human sexuality mm-hmm. why they made the paragraph um, then it is appropriate to vote yes on mm-hmm. the ballot yeah because really what you're doing is you're you're voting yes and when you see the issue of human sexuality for us to remember that that is a symptom of a much deeper larger issue That goes down into questioning just the foundation of who we are as christians Mm -hmm. so um here 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 are those issues real quick i'm gonna run through them real fast why why would we be voting yes Uh, the porch is voting uh, we're bringing the the vote to disaffiliate because of the differences in the understanding and the teaching and the practice of uh, is the bible is it flawed? Is it inerrant? Um, is it, is it messed up? I mean, there's people that say it is, um, the divinity of Jesus. There's differences of opinion on that. There's differences of, of opinion on, do we need Jesus for salvation or is there another way? Um, there's questioning of it, whether it's a virgin birth, um, questioning whether Jesus really was resurrected or maybe he didn't die to begin with. um, the The issue of, oh no, we don't need to confess and repent sin. We actually don't even need to talk about that. That makes people feel bad. <laughs> um, the understanding of of the biblical examples we have of marriage, um, the requirements of ordination for clergy, um, and the action and the in and the inaction of our denominational leadership. And so all of those reasons, those are the theological differences. and that's why, yes, a yes vote is appropriate to indicate on your ballot if that if that is your understanding and that's where you um, align and see where the porch needs to go.
1: I st- it still baffles me that this list. If any of those aren't important to you, why are you in a church?
0: <laughs> why are you leading a church? Um, paycheck, pension, um, um. Standing. Um, some, people, a, some people lot, like to wear collars and stuff. There's you know? a lot
1: better paychecks.
0: There are. <laughs> um, self-importance. Um, that, I
1: think it's that one. But I think there's I, a lot of reasons. Just, like that, just I'll, I'm never going to get past yeah. that.
0: I mean, there's people that are sitting in seminary classes right now.
1: Who don't believe Jesus rose from the dead.
0: And they plan on getting their Master yeah. of Divinity or and
1: they're gonna, Doctor of Theology. And they're going to preach in a pulpit.
0: Yeah. It's like
1: like it, it like almost makes me feel universalist. Like, it almost makes me feel like there is a a demon in that soul.
0: Mm. Well, there's definitely an enemy who causes confusion. Yeah. He's a father of lies and he yeah, and he'll he'll Cuz
1: you know. cuz that's the only way that it would make sense for you to like reject this but still want to be in that mm-hmm. spot.
0: Well, what did we talk about Sunday talking about Paul said you need focus on whatever is true, mm-hmm. and by putting your focus on what is true, then you are not um, so easily swayed on those things that are false or half mm-hmm. half truths. which are just half truths or full lies. Let's be real. Yeah,
1: there so. there is no half truth.
0: <laughs> so yeah, but um, so yeah, March twenty third. I recommend you come a little bit early. Just you know, come in, find your seat. Um, the plan is. Um, the room will be kind of divided into four sections alphabetically and like by your last name. So I don't know, a through F or whatever will be in one section. And that's your last name. You go and sit in that section and then, um, there'll be a ballot in that section and you'll go and, um, you will be, um, checked against our list of who our ministry partners are. So uh, we were saying if you if you're not sure about your ministry partnership, you need to check with us. But that that time that, is that passing. window is closed. So I I hope I I'm just going oh I hope no one shows up that's like oh you're not in the list sorry,
1: but um. But seriously, if you're not plugged plugged in, you're not listening to this podcast.
0: <laughs> there you go, or you're like a friend of ours from another place, and you're just listening to what's going yeah. on. So, but yeah, you'll come in, um, and then I'll open in prayer. Um, and I'm sure our district superintendent will say a few words, and then the uh, voting process will begin, and then people will start to go and si- uh, fill out their ballot, and and then we'll count the ballots and reveal the results. That'll be fun. And we will praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan, March 23rd,
1: six o'clock in the auditorium.
0: That's when we get started. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's good to see you, Joshua. I'm glad that you're feeling better.
1: I am too. And I, um.
0: I- Yep. Yep. And
1: if anybody listens saying, quick prayer for my wife, Kara, she has (laughs) dealt with a whiny husband for about a week now. She
0: has three children this week.
1: No, she has two (laughs) children and a baby. (laughs) Oh,
0: wow. Yeah.
1: I mean, like. I get it. There was a couple days where I, like, I legit, I couldn't, couldn't move. I couldn't stand up on my own. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay, I don't know the pain that you dealt with. I'm not sure exactly all that, but. I did have a C-section, and you don't realize how much you use your abdominal muscles yes. on everything, coughing, yes, um, blinking, I don't know, until until you have an injury or a surgery that affects it, because everything.
1: I am legitimately everything. terrified to sneeze. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, I am legit terrified. I have not sneezed <laughs> since last Tuesday.
0: What happened to Josh? Why did he die? His brain exploded because he would not sneeze.
1: Yeah, so, uh, Kara's done an amazing job. Um, Good to, job, Kara, taking care of me, and uh, she doesn't get enough credit for it. So, I'm using my public platform to do it.
0: Yeah, your flat floor. And floor flat up. floor. floor, floor. <laughs> hey, as we um, sign off, you are going to hear the lovely. Um, is it lovely is the right word? I don't know what it is, but the the sweet bass sound of. Um, our Bahamian bass player, Chris Pender. Mm-hmm. He is the voice of the intro and outro for our podcast every week. And uh, please pray for him. He, um, His wife passed away suddenly uh, last Friday, and uh, we're going to have a celebration of life for her. Um, it will have been on Wednesday by the time you hear this podcast. But please be praying for Chris and mm-hmm. their family. And um, Chris, we love you. And... um we love you, Porch Community. This, all this, all of this stuff is a journey of faith that we are on. And uh, we want to grow closer to Jesus. We want other people to see Jesus. We want them to know him, to call on his name, for their lives to be transformed. And uh, we just want to do our part to do that. And and God willing... Um, And as long as we keep our ears and eyes open to what he's doing, uh, that will be our purpose as the church. Amen. Amen. So we will see you guys soon. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.